So <clears throat> I'm going to do something a little bit um, different. And I, I know I've been saying I want to go through, um, I, I almost feel I've be belabored the topic of um, eternal security, even though I wanted to go through Hebrews chapter six. Here's the thing with theology, um, you, um, you can't do it all. I think we've done that enough. I will go through Hebrews chapter six if there's a need to refute something uh, stronger. But I, I wanna work on something right now that everybody needs for their life, including me. And this is gonna be the, this is the Lord's prayer. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people, by the way, I want people, if you're not doing it already, I want you to be praying, but I also want you to be uh, doing the Lord's prayer too. Okay, as far as your devotional life, what, trust me, it's gonna change your life. I've just started to include it and it's been changing um, my life. So Matthew 6, verse 9, and I'm going to break it down. We're going to be here for a while. I want to do the ins and outs of this. Um, so, in fact, actually, before we get to verse 9, I want to read Matthew 6. Verse one, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise you have no reward with your father who is in heaven. So beware of practicing anything spiritual before men, right? Beware of practicing that because you can't serve two masters. You have a choice. You can get your reward from men or from God. So when you give to the poor, do not sound a trumpet. Right? Before, do not sound a trumpet. Before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. So they were serving men. So that you may be honored by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I see some people get incredibly blessed after this uh, teaching, so that your giving will be in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So when you pray, you are not to be like the, the hypocrites for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners so that they may be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your inner room, close your door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Here is the fundamental question, folks. And write it down. Who, which master am I serving? And no, don't just automatically, oh, God, God, of course. No, it's not, of course. No. Which master am I serving? Now, God, of course, I would like to think that, of course. But what, which master am I truly serving? Am I looking 
for praise from men or from God. You've got to be honest about this. You have got to be honest. This, this is going to determine whether your prayers are being answered. You know, David said, I look up to the hills from where comes my help. But many people are looking around and about where, from where comes my help. Got to be honest with this. Which master am I serving? And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetitions as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. So do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. So your prayer should be intelligible. Right? There are people who pray in all different ways. The Hare Krishnas. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. I mean... Hare Krishna, all day long, right? And look, it says how we are to pray, right? And I'm going to say this first point, I know it's worship, but I'm, I'm going to, just for the sake of the alliteration I'm doing, it's, for me, this first point in verse 9 is respect. Pray then in this way, our Father, who is in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? So pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, right? That's respect. That hallowed be your name is reverence. So you got respect in the first part, I'm going to call it part A, and reverence in the second part. You see that? Pray then in this way. Our Father, I'm telling you, start praying this, start including this, uh, um, the Lord's Prayer. And don't forget, Jesus said we are to pray this. Listen, do your other prayers too, but the Lord's Prayer is a part of it. I call the next part of this then is the, what did I call it? The regal reality I put down, right? So that's verse 10. Your kingdom come. Your kingdom come. I call that the regal reality, right? Your kingdom come, right? Your kingdom come. What is the regal reality? Come, Lord God, come. Who is regal? A king, right? Who is regal? A king. So you're praying now for God's kingdom to come. Here is a problem with the people. This is why I've been talking about politics. They don't want God's kingdom to come. They want to build their own kingdom. They're building a tower of Babel. Really. There's a great book by Chuck Colson, Kingdoms in Conflict. Their kingdom that they are building. In fact, they're saying no. Don't have your kingdom come, Lord. So, kingdom to come. So, that is the regal reality. The next, I put the reconciliation. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
that's reconciling right the the will of god on earth as it is in heaven so we are praying right for god's purpose god's kingdom to ultimately come come lord jesus come some people no don't come if i never come we got it we're building this kingdom really we are building this kingdom kingdom is in conflict and here's the thing here's one thing that i've seen with those people that were doing that at all doing that nonsense in politics they're all living in bondage they're all defeated none of them are living in victory really none of them are living in victory they've got their own purpose and not god's read the story of the tower of babel genesis it's the same story it is the same story none of them are living in victory and then the next part i put was okay was um give us this day our daily bread resources verse 11 right so we're praying for our resources give us this day our daily bread so you are trusting god for your daily resources why is this important all of this is you're saying god you are god of my own life i do not want to be god when they stored up the manna that god gave them from heaven longer than a day it went bad maggots were found in it you know why people were trying storing up the maggots is what that was doing not trusting god for daily bread oh good god yo i got a week's worth i'll trust you weekly but not daily okay to god that four days worth i i don't want to trust many people think that it's hard work the hardest work is trusting in yourself and then and then verse 12 repentance and forgive us our debts as we also are forgiven our debtors our debtors so when we say that sin is a debt that's owed to god sin is a debt that's owed to god and god can call it in if he wants just like a creditor can call in a debt this is what we have to understand but god god is put it this way god doesn't handle debt like your credit card company okay god is a lot more lenient god forgives but we have to pray for that all of this this prayer is what this prayer is doing it's acknowledging god as god and then and then and then i look at this as the next one as restraint and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from evil it's restraining the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever 
Amen. And it says, deliver us from evil. So that part, so evil in Greek is poneros, which is a masculine noun, which if it's a masculine noun, right, you can put deliver us from the evil one or the evil man because it's masculine. You can do that grammatically here because I don't want you to see evil as some kind of impersonal force. No, it's deliver us from the evil one. And why is that? Because he is plotting every day regarding spiritual warfare and spiritual attacks. And the best attacks that occur are the surreptitious ones, the ones that you do not know are going on. What's one of the greatest fighters that all the superpowers have now? It's a stealth, right? It is a stealth. I mean, if you see the way that that thing moves, that thing, you're looking at that thing and it almost doesn't even disturb the wind. And the speed that that thing moves, right? And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to move at speed. Everyone, I'm telling you, I guarantee you start doing this Lord's Prayer this next week, I want people to give testimony. I'm not going to even leave it a month. Within this next week, by next Thursday, you st watch the difference it makes in your life. Here's what you're doing. You're saying the Lord's Prayer. This is the perfect recipe to let God be God. Just don't think, oh, I'm going to God. I'm praying, God, get me out of this mess. Get me out of this, this mess. That's not recipe. That's desperation. An unbeliever, an unbeliever. If you tell an unbeliever who's jammed up, he's in a financial mess, he's got a health mess, you get on your knees right now and you pray to God, he'll get you out of that mess. I don't care how much of a staunch atheist he is. He's going to do it. He is going to do it. Nobody has a problem using God in a transactional way. Oh, he's going to get me out of this mess. Yeah, well, I've tried this. I've tried the lawyer. I've tried the doctors. I've tried all of that. I've, I've tried monster.com to get a job. So yeah, let me get on my knees now. Oh, he's not going to ask anything of me. No, you get back. You get up off your knees. You can walk away, but you'll walk away with your blessing. Yeah, this God thing sounds great. I'm telling you, that person is going to get on their knees. That's not what God wants. God wants acknowledgement as God. You in this, in this, you are saying, God, how much you respect in your worship, right? How much you <laughs> I need somebody to mute that. Yeah. How much you respect him, how much you reverence, how much you reverence uh um him, uh, how much now your kingdom come your will be done how much you now want this reconciliation understand one thing god is gonna reconcile his creation judgment is a reconciliation whether it's be the great white throne judgment for unbelievers or the judgment seat of christ 
there's going to be reconciliation. So you should not be, no, don't come, Lord, don't come. I mean, saying don't come. You know, when you're saying don't come, all these people who are doing all of this nonsense here trying to save earth, here's what they're saying. Remember, all things work together for good for those that love God, for those that are called according to his purpose. Here's what they're saying. This is why they're so defeated. Here's what they're saying. I'm not called according to your purpose. This is why their kids don't respect them. This is why their wives leaving them, financially messed up, and they're so angry now, they're venting it in the uh, political sphere, right? A lot, here's what we should be, if we, if we are on God's purpose, let me tell you what is ultimately going to happen. There is going to be so much peace. And then give us this day, our daily bread. No, you're not trusting your boss. You're not trusting your inheritance. You're trusting God. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive others. Notice, notice it says, do not lead us into temptation. But here's the thing. If you don't forgive others, you are going to be easy, easily led into temptation. Somebody who's got unforgiveness in their heart, it's easy, it's easier for that person to hate someone. If you are operating by hate, you are really uh, uh, complicit with the plan of Satan and not the plan of God. That's where you are. So it's easy for you to hate people, right? And if you hate people, it's easy for you to have all of this anger. And if you have all of this anger and all of this hatred, right, then it's easier for the enemy to attack you and to use you for evil. Here's about a story of someone is asking a guy who was using AR-15 in Texas, hey, can you not be using that AR-15? He shot a bunch of people, including an eight-year-old kid. Who does that? Somebody who's full of hatred. Somebody who's defeated. Really, what God wants, God wants vessels of honor, vessels of joy, vessels of love, people that demonstrate the glory of God. Clearly, anybody who does that is demonstrating the glory of the enemy demonstrating the glory of the enemy and then and do not lead us into temptation as i said it's easier to be led into temptation if you're carrying a lot of unforgiveness and it's also easier for the the enemy to chew on you if you have all of this unforgiveness deliver us from the evil one. And look, what we are acknowledging, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So there's a lot of people who are not on this page, right? And 
what they're really saying, this is very implicit now, but for mine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And those people are defeated. This is a formula to allow God to function in your life. And all of you guys, you're saying the Lord's prayer. Say your other prayers, but say the Lord's prayer. Really. I started saying this recently. The peace. Oh, let me tell you the great thing about peace is this is that you don't get to one level of peace as oh yeah, I'm I'm at a peaceful place, just like you don't get to one level of growth up. Yeah, I've attained it. Mount Everest conquered. No, it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. It's infinite. Somebody could explore, take a long time, explore all the oceans. I think Jacques Cousteau has, or very close to, but you couldn't even get close to exploring all of God. It's infinite. It is infinite. All of the peace he's got to give you. This is an, another level, folks. And in this, in this, you're getting your spiritual and physical needs met. And you are ensuring that you are growing. Is the lie that the enemy wants to bring. No, no need for repentance. No, you're good. No, you haven't sinned. Here's the thing, you're sinning every day. A lot of people think that, oh, well, I, I, don't, I don't recall me murdering anybody, so I don't need to repent. No, folks, no. Don't ever think because you can't recall any egregious sin that you're not sinful. This will keep you now, and it will keep your heart tender and not callous. Because the worst sins are the little ones that mount up. Really, are the little ones that mount up. Nobody here, I don't believe, is what we're going to do anything egregious. But sin is sin to God. And they mount up. They mount up the bad thoughts. Who keeps a tally of the bad thoughts? But God knows them. So, no, you do have to ask for forgiveness. And see See them also as debts, as your merciful God is forgiven, right? See them as debts, because now translating them into, into, our, um, into debts, it's easier, it's, it's an easier currency to deal with, right? Because when we start saying sin, that can kind of sound ethereal. Right? That can kind of sound ethereal. I mean, you know, if you're dealing if you're dealing with currency, you wouldn't want pound sterling, pesos, Japanese yen, you'd want it in dollars, right? Because it's easier to translate into it having a practical application in your life. Well, the debts, those are easier to translate given the fact that we deal with financial debt, credit card debt, things like that, mortgages, all of that. When you understand 
that you're God. So we can't compare apples and apples now, right? Not apples and oranges. And when you understand that it's a debt and that your God is forgiven on a regular basis, what is that going to do? That is going to build up more reverence for you, more of an understanding of God's mercy, more of an understanding of his love for you, right? So using those terms, language is very, very important. Very, very important. It's the difference between something going over somebody, someone's head and actually resonating, how you frame it. So it's important that um, debt is seen as a debt because as I just said, it's everyday currency rather than sin, right? And that's more plucking something out of the air and bringing it into our, our sphere of life and it almost being the odd man out, right? You know, you know it's a real thing, but, trying, but using it in everyday language causes it to resonate more. It's reframing. Okay, so any questions, anyone? Any questions? And so, Pastor, are you, Pastor, oh, this is Sandy. So, are you saying that we should pray uh, using that as a model, not to not to say it word for word? No, I'm well. Well, I I would say say it word for word. I would say you say it word for word and use it as a model if you can. But I would say say it word for word in your in your as part of your prayer. Okay. Yeah, I would say say it word for. But understand, I'm telling you to add this to what you're already doing. So I'm not right. talking about replacing. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking about saying word for word because it is something that Christ has actually said. Why not? say it word for word and then add to it and then okay. add, then add to it and here's the thing that i want people to see so this is also practical theology i want people to come back we did that test i told you turn the tvs on and people oh i've got so much more peace oh my word i got so much more peace Oh, my word. Yeah, because I know those people are designed to disturb your peace. And, and this also is, is the reason why I'm saying to say it word for word, right? How many people, how many people even pray anything to do with God's kingdom on a daily basis? Be honest. Yeah, in fact, don't even put your hands up. No, yeah, yeah. Don't even put your, I already know. I already know. You don't need to put your hands up. Exactly. You'll see my point. You'll see my point when your life starts to change. Because here's the thing that the enemy is always going to do. Let me tell you, you can come out of church, listen to a sermon, and by the time you get into the parking lot, it's taken that purpose that you felt that you have, and you have another one. Really. And then by the time you get home, there's another one. And there's another one, and you get lost. Yeah, lost. Was that, who sang that song? Lost on a one-way street. Uh, yeah, you get lost. So this is not acknowledging God's purpose. 
acknowledging that God is the kingdom. Let me tell you, there are so many people in our society, I'm going to almost say a big majority, and I'm going to say most, have control issues. If you feel you need to control everything, there's no way everything. There are people who feel they need to control the remote at all time. <laughs> uh, you think that you're going to be giving up yourself to God's kingdom, God's purpose? That's laughable. That is laughable. You can't serve two masters, really. And you can't be a little bit pregnant. You know, so it's about giving it up. Oh, well, you know, I'll, I'll kind of, I'll let you touch the, <laughs> touch the remote. You know, no, I'll let you touch it, God. No, no, it's, this is about, yeah, saying the, and some people say, oh, this is, that is legalistic. Is what legalism is. Legalism is basing what you do on formulas. And legalism also comes right back to you. It's all about your performance, all about how well you're doing, really. Oh, that's what legalism is. This is not legalism. This, now is practical theology, expecting God to move by his word. Really, expecting God to move by his word. And you now ensuring that in this prayer, you have put all of the necessary components in to be able to say, uh, uh, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Most people don't even do any repentance even once a month, even let alone on a day-to-day -day basis, once a month, once every six months. Maybe if I'm in communion in the church, no. We've got to do it on a regular basis. And so a lot of the prayers that people are praying to God now, those things are wrong. Those things are more transactional. Those things are more self-centered. Those things are more, God, give me what I want, and I'll be on my way. Those things are more kind of Santa Claus-ish. Really? Okay, so I hope that that's explained. Pastor? Pastor? Yeah. Hello? Oh, hi. I wanted to, hi, I wanted to know if praying the Lord's Prayer helps us to forgive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you say, and do not lead us into temptation. Oh, and forgive us our debts as we yes. also are forgiven our debtors. Absolutely. Not only. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, no, go on. I'm sorry. Yeah, not only does it, um, does it help us to forgive, it keeps the reality of the need to forgive 
that gets lost. Come on, let, let's let us let us face it. We see a lot over the past several years. I've seen some of the angriest Christian that you will not believe. I go up to a, a private school in a Christian school and teach critical thinking every month. And there's more bullying going on in that Christian school than in the secular school. But the, the kids are being influenced by their defeated parents, really, who don't forgive. We're all caught mm. up in politics and all kinds of foolishness. And so, yeah, it keeps that reality there. And they're not forgiving people because they're on the other side of the, uh, of the aisle based on political foolishness. So they're clearly not on this, but thine is the kingdom. They're all trying to build their own kingdoms based here on earth. So yeah, it, so yeah, absolutely. It keeps all of those things as an ever-present reality. 